listening to episode 40, chapter 3 of the Daily Growth Discipleship Podcast. I'm Chris Lambert. And I'm Josh Havens. And we're on a journey to learn what it means to live a lifestyle of discipleship. We're glad you're joining us and hope that as you set aside this time for God, that He would help you grow today in the everyday moments of life. And today we're continuing our conversation with Pastor Alan Baker from Journey Pastoral Coaching. Alan is a graduate of Miami University, Oxford, Ohio and the Assemblies of God Theological Seminary in Springfield, Missouri. He's been in ministry for 39 years in the United States and Europe. During those years, he served as a lead pastor, assistant pastor, missionary, evangelist, professor, college campus pastor, and pastoral coach. He's also the author of two books, Those Who Turn Worlds Upside Down and When the Call Comes, A Funeral Guide for Pastors. In 2014, he launched Journey Pastoral Coaching, a ministry whose mission is helping young ministers build strong for a lifetime of healthy and effective ministry. Journey Pastoral Coaching's horizontal beam in the cross approach to coaching represents a relationship with a peer. It's an intentional coaching relationship with someone who's walking alongside you, often at the same stage of life you are. A good coach doesn't need to know all the answers. They only need to be willing to walk beside you and ask the right questions. This means your peers can make great coaches, and they have a different perspective than someone in a vertical coaching relationship would have. Both of these provide valuable help as you pursue a lifestyle of discipleship. And in this chapter, Alan Baker walks us through the value of the peer coaching relationship and some of the ways Journey Pastoral Coaching has implemented this vital coaching relationship. Okay, let's shift a little bit and talk about the horizontal beam of coaching. So we have this understanding that we've got a a vertical beam where we walk with someone who's further along the path than us. They're more experienced. They're wiser. uh, And we see the value in that. Uh, Why should we have a horizontal relationship with one of our peers? What's so valuable about that? You you can give each other something I can't give you. Again, I'm of a different generation. Um, We can even talk in terms of culture and gender, all kinds of things. But because you're of the same generation with similar backgrounds, similar uh, shared experiences now, because you are in similar places in ministry, starting families, all these things, you have a shared experience I do not understand as you do. You also have, I really firmly believe this, you have a a sense of the, the pulse of this culture in ways that I don't. I think you feel the vibe of it more strongly, more fine-tuned, if you will. So you then, I think God uniquely gifted you to walk together to find new, innovative approaches to bring the gospel to people in this time. Now, wisdom is timeless. It's from God. It is timeless. will live on forever. But methods, as you know, change. Creativity and innovation bring in fresh ways of doing things. And because you're of the same generation and shared experiences, that is an essential quality. Uh, I think you also ask the same kinds of questions, questions I don't think of because of our differences in age. And that's really important. One of the most important things we can do as Christians, much less as ministers, is learn to ask good questions. I came to Christ through a question. What is the meaning of life? I thank God that my, my parents and people around me encouraged me to ask questions. Well, at this stage of life, my questions have changed. 
okay, because of the station, this station of my life. Your questions are different. You ask those questions. We all profit by that. So there's three reasons I think we need to be in peer peer relationships. What makes a good question then? Because I love <laughs> that idea. Um, I forget who says it. Probably a lot of people plagiarize it from everyone else. I don't know. But they talk about how a good life is made from asking good questions, that really the answers aren't as important as the questions because the questions lead us to the right answers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm fascinated by that, that you said. Yeah. Well, you know, it's a different couple stages of, ask different questions. Yeah, a couple of random thoughts. First of all, a good question helps us to ask more questions. Mm. Um, what's that old... Um, what newspaper was that? Oh, yeah, the National Enquirer. Inquiring minds want to know, right? <laughs> well, we're not talking about gossip. But when it comes to the to the Lord, the more I learn of my Savior, the more I realize I don't know. And the more that I realize I don't know, the more I want to know. And so it begs more and more questions. The, the closer I get to the two of you guys, the more questions I have. I, I come to love and respect you more. I want to know more about you. So a great question, it leads to more questions. Uh, a great question even will lead to, of course, a certain knowledge. There are certain um, things that are are written in stone, shall we say. There is God. God is Father, Son, Spirit. These are not negotiable. They are, they are written in stone, if you will. But some things are really more understanding. They're, they're things we grow into. You know, what, what is biblical sorrow? What is it to... Uh, to come into fullness in Christ? What is it to be a good husband, etc.? We need to keep asking those kinds of questions. Now, in a coaching setting, I often say a good coaching question is one that begins with hearing the thoughts and feelings behind the words someone's sharing with us. Someone who is too left brain, and I, I don't like to say it that way, but I hope you understand, they hear the concrete words of what is said. I'm okay. But the good coach hears the thoughts, the feelings behind those simple words, I'm okay. And the longer you walk with someone, you know what I mean. I hear what's behind there. And so at least the questions then that are good clarifying questions, what do you mean by I'm okay? They are probing questions that go deeper and deeper and deeper. And they're questions that kind of set what someone said in a new light. Is this really what you meant? Or maybe did you mean this? So coaching questions, um, they take what someone says at face value, but look behind it more deeply and set it in a new light for greater understanding. I think I'm thinking of uh, an episode of the, oh, it's the, the Art of Charm podcast. Mm. Mm -hmm. I think the title of the episode was something along the lines of how to understand what somebody is really saying or something well i don't know we'll link to it in the in the show notes as long as it's still there uh but they had this uh nice analogy where they uh put someone in the position of sitting at an airport or a restaurant or something overhearing two business people talking uh about something about their relationship a man and a woman talking about their business relationship and you heard things like uh we want to make sure that this goes off uh we, we want to make sure that this business transaction goes off really well. Uh, how can I how can I make this happen for you? We, and you heard the other one say something along the lines of, uh, "Well, I'm really feeling uh, like we need to to make a good impression." Uh, and then they kind of backed off from that and said, "Okay, let's let's dissect this a little bit." Uh, in 
hoping that somebody in hoping that a business transaction goes off well why are they looking for it to to go well mm-hmm. are they looking for it to go well because uh, they feel like their identity is wrapped up in that they need to uh, maybe have something go well in their career for the sake of their family. What, what are we looking for in that? Yeah. And the other person uh, wanting to make a good impression on the boss, is it that they're, they're needing a promotion? Why are they needing a promotion? Are they looking for love and acceptance because they didn't get that from uh, their parents growing up? There could be all these different dynamics at play in a simple business conversation uh, when really we don't understand that it's about the things that are going on deep inside of us that are motivating us to look at the world from a certain perspective. Uh, and I see that happening all the time uh, in the Christian life. I mean, Chris and I, have, you have, we, yep. we have conversations along this horizontal beam relationship uh, where each of us are talking about something and we may be talking about it talking about a certain subject, but really deep down, we're talking about that subject mm-hmm. from a perspective that has, that's driven by motives and mm-hmm. desires and all these things. And, and a lot of times in that, in that horizontal relationship, because you were dealing with one thing and in that discussion, it helps me see that I'm dealing with the same thing that I didn't yeah. realize was there. Yes. Yeah, right. So or maybe I'm dealing with a similar thing in a different area or something, you know, like, that process of self-discovery happens, uh, let's say, a little bit, hopefully intentionally, but I feel like it's always less intentional than in that vertical relationship because that's the job of the the vertical coach, you can correct me if I'm wrong, Pastor, to really try to ask those probing questions to get at those things, whereas in the horizontal relationship, there should be a good deal of that intention, but... A lot of that stuff just comes out because we're in that same place. Totally agree. Um, yeah. 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 So no, you're you're walking together as friends, as if you will. It's almost an informal coaching that goes mm-hmm. on. And I think you're exactly right. Sure do. So what is it that makes a good horizontal coaching relationship? Um, you know, obviously, like when we're talking about the vertical relationship, we want to look for those people who are um, in the, the sweet and seasoned station of life, you know, or spot of life. Um, so how, how do we, how can we go about How can we go about, let me try to English here. Um, <laughs> yeah. Identifying peers that are worth walking with in this horizontal relationship. Yeah. If, if I may, uh, you'll laugh at this, but, but don't date someone you don't want to marry, uh, when it comes to, uh, <laughs> kinds of relationships, you know, I've often said I, I'm married above myself and my wife. She she gives me a deeper desire for Jesus. She makes me want to be more like Jesus. I find in her my example of who Jesus is. And I say that with great, great joy and gratitude. So when it comes to walking with someone in something so important as a peer mentor, a friend, someone should be my Emmaus Road partner, I want that person to exemplify Jesus to me. Not that he or she is perfect, but their life calls me higher. Now with that, I think there, there, are, there are a lot of things we could talk about, but I would simply add number two, uh, care for me. Sometimes people would be great people to walk with, but they're not really close to me. They don't care for me. Number three, they're committed to me. They're committed to my journey. They're committed to me mm. uh, living in my creation and my call, uh, if you will. Uh, the commitment is going to involve time. It's going to involve not just 
conversational time, but time that may involve you know, months and, uh, and even years. I think a person who is going to be um, someone I want to walk with is going to be an encourager. As you men know, one of the things I really emphasize the most is encouragement. It's my firm belief that if I can keep a called and quality player on the field in time through Jesus Christ, he's going to win the game. If I can keep him on the field, he's going to win the game. So an encourager is able to do that. Yes, we help them face reality, but we also help them have hope in the reality. And so we encourage them along their way. So for me, they're a great example of Christ. Their character points me to Christ. They care for me. They care about me personally. Uh, When I hurt, they hurt. When I rejoice, they rejoice. Um, They care about my creation, how I'm formed and framed they care about my calling. They want to foster those things. And then they encourage me uh, along the way. A couple practical things. I think they also should be a person who's a lifelong learner. Um, they don't always tell us what to think. They don't teach us. They just walk with us. And they, they get into our, our bubble with us and share our journey with us along the way. So there's a few thoughts. I think that also has to be reciprocal. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think you could you could go around looking for a horizontal relationship where somebody's just going to somebody your own age who's about the same place you are on the along the path. They you can go around looking for somebody to just pour into you, mm-hmm. um, which I don't know. It might come off a little codependent if you yeah, <laughs> if you don't so. do it right. <laughs> but um, I, I would argue you have to be just as invested and committed to the other person as well. And it's kind of a I don't know. We tend to I think we tend to look for an instant really deep relationship with a yeah. peer right away, almost like that's going to be formed overnight with just a verbal commitment to a, a, this horizontal relationship. Uh, and really, I think those things, uh, it, it, there can be, an, there needs to be an initial commitment, but the, the depth of that relationship uh, and the sweetness of that relationship, I think takes time uh, to really develop. So like, for example, in Journey, um, the, the kinds of horizontal relationships with, that I have with others aren't nearly as deep and as sweet as the conversation that I, or the, the relationship that I have with Chris only because sure. we've been walking together for a decade now. Yeah. Sure. And I would like to point out though, you know, it's interesting because I think this is, uh, I think there's a great need for that intentionality, like you're saying, but we didn't create it. We didn't have a commitment to each other to walk a horizontal. I mean, we didn't know what you know, those we concepts were. And so, but what you're, what you're talking about is true, right? Is I think in a lot of ways, I mean, we, there was that proximity element, but then there was the uh, the commitment to, I think, serve one another as best we could with, you know, in a lot of ways, it just began began with academic studies and, yeah. and writing papers and things like that and then bouncing ideas off of each other. And I think that that took us to a level of, uh, uh, of depth that really grew over time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I, I definitely would uh, echo what you just said there, right? I think maybe a lot of what that has to begin with is you striving to be the kind of person that you want to see in a, a peer coach or peer relationship in that way. Yeah. Uh, because then maybe that that's going to attract, right? If if you're looking for people, <laughs> to, you know, to journey with, then their other people are probably going to be looking towards you as well. That's good. And so, that's good. Um, you know, maybe yeah, you start it. with those characteristics. I love it. Yeah. The cross-coaching methodology of Journey Pastoral Coaching is one of my favorite aspects of this ministry that I am so blessed to be part of. 
Pastor Baker's emphasis on teaching each of us who sit under him through the vertical beam to connect with and coach each other has taught me a valuable way to walk with others in the Christian life. At first, the thought of coaching others sounds intimidating. But the good news is, you don't have to have all the answers to coach well. You just have to ask good questions, listen well, and share the journey with someone else. Because Josh and I are both recipients in journey pastoral coaching, we often find ourselves coaching each other by asking simple yet deep questions when something is bothering one of us. Whether it's while we are driving in the car together to go get some food or planning out a podcast that will hopefully inspire others to follow Christ more fully, a simple question that helps us evaluate our motives and feelings can help us see what God is doing in our midst even when we didn't think he was present. So I want to encourage you to begin looking for opportunities to coach others. Remember, this does not mean fixing their problems or telling them what is wrong. It means asking good questions that help them work through what the Holy Spirit is doing in their life. How can you create a lifestyle of discipleship? Most Christians think discipleship is a program or a few practices thrown in at the beginning or end of the day. But we want to help you create a lifestyle where walking with Jesus throughout the day is not only possible, but natural. And we have a tool that's going to help you do just that. It's called the Daily Growth Journal. It's a guided journal that's going to help you become secure in your identity with God and authentically walk with Him in your daily life. Growing daily in your walk with Christ is possible if you cultivate a lifestyle of discipleship. And the Daily Growth Journal will help you do just that. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Daily Growth Discipleship Podcast. To find out more about Alan's work, check out journeypastoralcoaching.com. Then check out the next chapter in our conversation where Alan unpacks a few key components of a healthy coaching relationship. If you want to stay up to date on everything happening at Daily Growth Discipleship, go to dailygrowthdiscipleship.com and subscribe for free. You can also subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Spotify.